Love Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again. I'm your host, Minister Joy Lewis, and you're listening to Free on the Inside, an internet program to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be all you could be in Christ Jesus. We'd like to thank the sponsor of this here program, and uh, we'd like to thank you for being a listening audience. Amen. I see the phone lines are lighting up, so we're for a great time this morning. I'm excited about our guests. I'm excited about what God is doing through his people. I'm excited to have you. To be a part of the program. We have our co-hosts on the line here. We'll bring him in shortly, Brother Richard Daniel, and he'll help me conduct the interview. But uh, we have a great guest this morning that's going to come on here, uh, Dennis Berquar. He's a fourth-generation Swedish American from Danson, uh, Minnesota, a rural uh, Midwest community of about 950. He was raised on a farm. He learned the value of work ethics, and he appreciate. Uh, helping out those that are less fortunate in the world. He has traveled over 52 countries as a humanitarian volunteer to make a difference domestically and abroad. Uh, he's also ha- is a founder of the BearQuest and Associate, a global foundation, and their motto is to make a difference globally. And now for, uh, we'd like to bring him on. So he can tell you the rest of the story. But before we do anything, our calling number is 310-982-4126. Again, that calling number is 310-982-4126 that you too can call in and listen to the program and voice your opinion uh, to our guests and everything. We have a, a quite a, a extension of phone line, so we are available to bring everyone in at the appropriate time, so please be patient. We're looking forward to having you to be a part of what we are doing. Amen. So we thank you very much, and we wait on our guest to call in here, and he's be here shortly, and so uh, we want to thank him for uh, being a part of what we are doing. And so, uh, you know, we do this each and every week, and so uh, we're going to play a little music here, and then we're going to bring our guest back in. here just shortly here, but again, that calling number is 310-982-4126. You two can voice your opinion on our uh, on the comments that's being rendered here. And also, I'd like to draw your attention to our archive section of our program. We have our guest who just called in right now, so we're going to bring him in, and I'll tell you about our, how to get to our archive section. You can hear some other thing that we've been doing. Hello. Good morning, I'm Mr. Burquist. So you made it. Hello. <laughs> Hello, God, Lord. God bless yes. you. 
Happy hey, to hey, be with you. Know, I want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We just read a part of your bio here, and uh, and I'm excited about what how God has been using you and your foundation and your motto. Your uh, said making a difference globally, and so I want to thank you for what you are doing in your foundation. So tell us about yourself and what brought about this uh, this foundation that you have established, and you're doing a great job. Well, I'll I'll give you a, a brief. But it it started years ago when I uh, 22 years ago when I went to uh, Kenya and uh, I met a mother and uh, that was selling soapstone and uh, she was a single mom who had who had two children and my words to her that changed my life and hers four words do you have family and she said I'm a widow with two children. I live on $35 a month, and my children are home alone. That was the catalyst that that brought me into the foundation work and opened doors up for me and said, I've got to do something. And there's a lot more to that story. Yes, there is, there is, and I'd like you to just continue because I was looking at your website and some of the things that, that y'all involved in, and we're going to bring that up during our conversation here. But as you said that you went to these various countries, uh, 52 different countries as a humanitarian, and you saw that there was a great need no matter where you went. How are you able to pull all this here together? I know you're not alone, but give us the genesis of that because someone else may want to be a part of what you're doing or may want to start something like this. Well, uh, I, as I taught a dairy science program in Minnesota, I also got involved in international work and having international students coming to the program. And then I reached out to USDA in Washington and uh, then began to work with what was called the Cochrane Program. And this brought many groups of people that I then had for two weeks, two and three weeks uh, in Minnesota and did things in agriculture. And then they started to send me abroad to other countries uh, to do this work. And then it just opened up, and then I saw the need to to just step into um, this kind of humanitarian work. And then what was so neat that happened with Kenya, um, that mother that I mentioned, I went on, we helped her, we put her through school, we built her a cinder block house. We got our computer and a printer. And when she, when her kids were old enough, we put them into boarding school. And when the kids were in junior high, mother died of pneumonia and malaria. But we continued to take care of those children. And now the children have grown. They're like 24 years old. One graduated from uh, college and is in logistics. The other one has graduated and is a registered nurse and uh, nursing degree in Nairobi. And uh, so, and then, then things opened up, and uh, it was in our hometown that I needed somebody to come and take care of my wife when I went to Guatemala, where we had another work going. And a gal from Kenya came and said, I'm the one that can take care of your wife so you can go. And I said, my daughter said, I better stay home. So I said, I won't need you. And she said, but I've been told I must talk to you. And it was her village 
that we then opened up and changed, and we never left that village. And uh, so that's how it just gradually just it was just listening to the Lord. I say that is that is my uh, my guide, and I listen to him, and uh, it's great to work for him because I never know what's next. You know, you said that, and, I'm, I, and I can have a sense of what you're talking about because I feel that way too. Cause we never know the direction that he leads us. And, you know, the scripture said that, uh, that, you know, Isaiah said he will open up your eyes that you may see and unstop your ears that you can hear. He'll bring about an oasis in a dry place. I'm sitting up here now looking at some of your your uh, uh, your pictures off your, off your website here. The Brigham Foundation here, and and I see that the areas that you that you have been servicing in Kenya looks like a rural area. It's no different than here in the United States, but it's just that you can see the poverty level there. How are you able to address the needs of the the men and women there? Cause I hear well, and I see you know, people are just uh, you know like they're very active. Yes. Well, what happened was this this gal. Her name was Damaris. And she said, can you help my uncle? She said he has a private school in the village. And the, and the Ministry of Education said, you must have a latrine uh, and you must have a, a room, a room that is decent for testing the students before they move on to the next level. It was a primary school. And that was the catalyst. When I saw, when I saw pictures, of when they played uh, soccer out on the yard, they had plastic bags tied together in a ball. And the first thing I said to our project manager, who was a brother to Edwin, a brother to Damaris, I said, get them a soccer balls. And from there we built the latrine. And then we built the classrooms. And it just continued to grow. And imagine they had they had uh, no really no books or library. And we had we sent sixteen hundred books and put in the school in the classroom. It was the only library for an hour around. And other kids would come from other villages. And then we brought the first light of night. I'm very fortunate to be a part of Rotary. And with Rotary, I was able to write grants. And some of those grants included the equipment that went into those classrooms, then went into a transformer that we put in the village and brought, imagine, the first light of night to the village. And then it just continued to grow. And, and, uh, the women were walking two hours. Now think of where you are and think of a town or a city two hours away and then think of walking two hours. The women walked two hours one way with a baby on their back and corn maize on their head to have it milled. And now, because of the love of a man and an organization called... uh, Food for kids. They may they give us twenty thousand dollars, and we brought 
we built a building and put a potion mill into that building. And that was really the start. That was such a neat thing that came from a very humble man who who actually lives in his semi-truck tractor uh, and he's on the road all the time, single fella, and his heart is for the work that we do there. And then, <clears throat> then it just continued to, to grow. And that building that we thought was going to be a community building, now we saw the need for medical. We saw the need for a clinic. And we then, with grants through Rotary and through sponsorship of people like Food for Kids and the name we call him Trucker John, and uh, we were able to raise $14,000 that we used to equip this clinic into a way that it could be used. And then things just went on, and then came the need. They said, we need a prenatal clinic because mothers were walking, trying to get to a clinic, a facility to birth, and some would birth along the road trying to get there. And we are now waiting for the final things, the ministry to come with the vaccines and give the final approval. Things are ready so that we can start the prenatal clinic. So isn't it something how God has just opened up doors and had people that have stepped in that have allowed us to do these things? It's not me. I'm just a facilitator because the good Lord gave me that responsibility, but it's the people that have stepped up. Oh, that is truly a blessing right there. And you were sharing something with me that kind of, it, it touched my heart. And you said that the women are so close to labor, uh, giving labor that they that some of them even give labor on the side of the road there. You would think that, you know, we kind of lose the sense of those things here because uh, we have so many, uh, so many things that's available to us today, you know, the hospital, the medical uh, necessities, the needs that are being met. But there are places in the world, there's countries in the world that doesn't have that, uh, that opportunity, doesn't have those things there. And as I'm looking at the, at your website, I see that, uh, that there's a dire need of uh, having uh, clean water. I have a, a, a place to teach and educate men and women. Tell us about some of the uh, 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 some of the things that you bring into villages to allow them to have clean water. Well, I'll, I'll just finish. I'll finish just a touch with with uh, the clinic. We right now okay. have a campaign. We have a campaign right now because we have to stock the shelves with medicine at the pharmacy. Once it's stocked, people will be buying the medicines and then we can restock, we can keep going. But we need those kind of things. We also need simple things like a Doppler system, which is to check the, the, the fetus, the heartbeat, and those types of things. So there's medical equipment that we need. There is needs. Now, you asked about water. We started with putting in water harvesting equipment because they were walking a distance for water. So at the clinic, we are collecting the water from the roofs and and we are putting it into a large vessel. They do get quite a bit of rain there, especially in the rainy season. 
and that gives us the water that we need, and we now are looking for funding to get another of those large containers uh, to collect water because it's needed. But what are we doing? For the last two and a half, three years, we have been working on a grant for through Rotary, the Rotary Foundation, <clears throat> and it is a well because the, if you can imagine, the mothers are walking downhill to a spring and they fill up their, it's a one-hour walk, they fill up their container, their jerry containers with water and put on their head. Good morning. That, that can, yes, and that container weighs 42 pounds. They turn around and they walk one hour up the hill to their home. They pour out the water into another vessel. They rest for half an hour and they walk back down the hill for an hour to get more water. And when the water supply is low, they go at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning to, to be ahead of others that are for water for their families. And now we have prepared a grant. We have had it. We've had people there to assess the needs. And it is a complete, a completely put together. And now we wait for the final approval from uh, at Evanston, the International Office of Rotary and the Rotary Foundation, so that we can move forward with water for the village. Oh, hey man, that's, that sounds great. Uh, and I, I want to just piggyback off of some things that you said regarding your prenatal clinic here. Yeah, um, on it, based on, on past experience, how many people are you able to service at a given time? whether it's a day or quarterly or what. So we'll know how, how great a need you that is for that equipment. Well, I tell you what, I wish I had some of our good people that could answer that. They're probably listening and saying they could tell you. But let me, let me put it this way. We now have two nurses. Uh, we, we will have, when it opens, there will be two nurses, and they are midwives as well. We have a lab technician, and we have an additional staff there that work in the clinic. And uh, I, I don't know what that, what that timing is, how many we can put through. But I just received a picture yesterday from our project manager. They are so good. They send me pictures. They send me pictures on WhatsApp. And we have a reception room. And in that reception room yesterday, we're sitting possibly uh, close to 14, 14, 15 people waiting to see the nurse. And I just thought, what a blessing this is. And to think that a few years ago, there was nothing there but the old school and dirt floor. So how many are being served? You know, I don't. I would be only guessing. I just don't know. But it's going to be exciting. Oh, I, I knew it. And we have the online now. So we're going to bring some of our guests in to like to say hello to our, to you. Hey, good morning. The line is open. Would you like to say hello to our 
uh, to our guest this morning and just encourage him. And also tell us what your part is in the in the ministry. Go ahead, guest. I don't think so. Yes, go ahead. You like to say hello to our guest, Dennis? Hello, hello, yes, hello. And and I'm ready for your question. Just fire it away. Okay, I see a lot of just wants to just listen in on it right now. So we do have the phone okay. lines opening up. So if you care to say anything, please feel free to say something. We'll just give you a moment to voice your opinion and give your comments sure. regarding what we're discussing here. Yeah, our guest is very informative and tell us about some things that's going on in Kenya about the medical needs that is that been uh, that's uh, that is needed and how him and the, his foundation, the Brigham Foundation, is a global uh, foundation that's making a difference in the lives of, of men and women. And the village there is there's six thousand in the village. And uh, uh, so there's about there's 600 homes, but the average size of the families are are uh, uh, 10 uh, as far as family size. That's what brings us to the 6,000. And we have in our planning and part of what is required from Rotary as we do this this grant that we had through Rotary was for maternal and child health, and in there it's. It is dealing with uh, all kinds of things, uh, family planning, and and many things. And uh, so this is going to be a, a big change for the people, and they are ready for it. And uh, we we're just excited about what can happen. And and we we look for and we look for and need funds to to buy some of the necessary equipment. And we can get the equipment locally, but we'd like to get the funds and send it to them to buy it and uh, instead of sending a container of equipment because there's a cost in that as well. So we, we have a very trusted group. I will tell you that we just had a $4,000 grant and it was during the time of the virus and closing down on things in Nairobi. And when they received the money within two weeks, they had all the equipment in place in the village at the clinic. And uh, it says a lot for the professionalism and the, the type of people that we have doing the work. Uh, it's, it's God's work. I have total trust in the people that we have there. I'm in touch with them um, maybe three times a week uh, through WhatsApp. And uh, uh, so it's it's a beautiful ministry to be a part of. Yes, and it is. And I, 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 I feel your passion here. I'm going to get your website here. you got some... Uh, you got some testimonies here. It says that a Martha's dream. Tell us about this testimony. Are you familiar with... With, Martha's, with dream. Martha's dream on your testimony page. Uh, I, I will I will share more of Martha's dream with you. That that will that will probably bring a tear. When Martha when Martha when I saw her that first time when I met her and I said, "What do you need, Martha?" She said, "I need an education," and I I had a man that was with me 
from Kenya who came back to Minnesota with me. And on the way back, I said, what will it cost to put Martha to school and take care of her kids? He said, $1,400 a year. And I'll tell you what happened. I had said that I will see what I can do. And when you say that in Kenya, they say it's a promise. And in about a month, I got a, a fax from her. She was living on $35 a month. She paid 20% of her, of her wages to send a fax and said, you promised me, but I can't afford to do this again because email wasn't really going yet. And uh, so that was the kind of commitment that she made to her family to find out what. And do you know what happened? I went back a year later. I was there in June. The following June, I was going back, and she would pretty soon email started, and she would say, are you able to help me? And it was in March of the next year that I had our son, Ty. His friend was working at a restaurant, and his folks, we stopped there, and the folks were were coming in for a meal that evening, and we, we ate with them, and the mother said, I read about what you're doing. Do you need help? I said, I need $1,400 a year for the next two years. And she said, do you want the check now or later? And I let the girl know, Martha, that the money is coming. And you know what? She, she had. Te- she, I went to Romania. It was over Memorial Weekend. I came back and the Internet was not doing its job like it should, and so I didn't, the server wasn't up. But she had emailed me. Now listen to these, listen to this. On the 6th of June, I will meet you at the Gamma Grammar Center, and we will get the money to start school. Um, I, in the morning at 9 o'clock, I will meet you there. I never got this email, and in, we went to Kenya, and our team was in Kisi, and it was on the 6th of June, and we saw a building that said Internet. So we went upstairs to use the Internet, and there it said the Gamma Grammar School. And I got excited, and I said, and I said, this is where... This is where Martha's going to go to school. I opened the door and I said, wow. And the students in there looked at this white guy like, what is going on? And then I walked to the office. It was two in the afternoon. And there stood Martha waiting for me. Now, remember, I never saw the email. I... I just went there because it was the day to go. And Martha knew I would be there. She knew, and she had been waiting since 9 in the morning. Now, that was a true God thing. But the story doesn't stop there because I said, you know, we've got a lot of money and I need a third party, and we were told of a third party that would be a person to assist. So we went the next day to the village that she was from. It was a small village, small. And as we went to this man's house and we sat in the living room 
in the couch. And he said to her, he was the one I was going to give the money to, to, to take care of her. And he said to her, and who are you? And she said, who she was. And she, he said, you were married to my nephew. And he huh. didn't know her. You know what? He said, leave the money with my wife, but I must go. And he left. And Martha turned to me with tears in her eyes and said, we can't do this. She said, I'll never see the money. I'll never see the money. We walked out and we told the the wife that uh, they were busy. We'll take care of it. And but he told me, you need $400 more for just medical purposes each year. We got in the van and we had a 45-minute drive to Keith. And I, we took her with to go to the bank to just do it. And I told my team, I need $400 when I get back to Minnesota to put in this account for her. And one of my gentlemen said, I'll match you. We went to the bank. We set up an account. And and we got her started and uh, with with her funds and her schooling and that was the last that I saw Martha because I I hadn't been back and it was when when, uh, a couple years later or some years later when the kids were in junior high and now I get an email from her she said dad I'm shaking so bad if I was writing you couldn't read it and then uh, two weeks later, I get an email, a bereavement email from her sister. She had given her sister the password to her account to let dad know when she passed. And in there was an attachment of our two children, Melka and Rogers, standing over the open grave of their mother as they were now orphaned. Now, oh isn't God. that a neat story? Yes, that is, that is. Oh, my God. You know, and, 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 you know, and this is something that God has put in your path for you and your organization to be able to work through that situation and her desire to do better and your desire to meet that need there and how God brought those those things together. That's a great need. That's a great need for what you're doing. That's a great need for people to be a part of what you're doing, to be have volunteers. And have the resources and the contact and the prayers. You know, we can't do anything apart from God. And those prayers yeah. can open up doors as Martha had had prayed and waited there for that prayer to be answered. And you're yes. and you and, and the foundation is answering prayers, whether individual or collectively, for things to change. I like your motto that says of uh, of uh, making a difference. Your global yeah. difference. You know, my motto is to help change a life. And, you know, the things that we do for Christ Jesus, those are things that will last. And and I was yeah. uh, being moved by this interview and about the, uh, the testimony that you had been rendered, that you are rendering on the behalf of your volunteers and the people and stuff. Now, uh, the people at the clinic, they're... Uh, they are professional to the best of their their ability, but we know that you do have volunteers. Now, when you send men and women over from the states, what role are they playing in helping facilitate what you're doing? 
Oh, I tell you, I'm so thankful you asked that question. And I know that I have some of our, of our, uh, they're my family. The, the, the people of Kenya are my family. They, uh, I'm dad and, and, and uh, it's precious. And I will tell you what, um, they, they are, are in need of people that would come because they have, imagine with all the people that are there when this opens up, there is a need for team players to come. We have uh, clinics. We have doctors and nurses that are, are coming to Kenya to do teamwork in Kenya. And some of those teams, when they extend, we want them to come to the village. We have housing that we have built in the village where they can stay and they can help in different ways. And um, this, it does not have to be just professionals that are nurses or, or uh, doctors, but also lay people that can come and that can help with the work there. And uh, we've got the facility now. The good Lord has allowed that to happen. And uh, we, we, we are open and want people to come and help them. And when we can have the medical field come, that will be precious. And right now we're dealing with the virus, but we we uh, we pray that we we will get past that and we can be of the service to these people that they need with volunteers. Amen. You know, and I was thinking about that because this too shall pass. This pandemic and this virus will pass, and but yet the need is still there. The need is just as important as it had been, and it will be. But it, God called for people to address the need. Sometimes we pray on things, and we we pray that things will be uh, come to a proper conclusion, and and then we never think about that that prayer that we're rendering. Maybe we're the answer to it, uh, to that prayer request. You know, say, Lord, what would you have right. me to do in this situation here? So my hand goes off to you and your and, the, and your volunteers. Now, we're going to uh, pause here for a minute because the phone lines are lit up. we got many people on the line here. We give them an opportunity to uh, just tell you thank you and to tell, uh, to share uh, they, uh, part of the ministry, what they think about the ministry. Go ahead now, Carlos, the lines are open. Would you like to address our, doctor, uh, our guest this morning, Dennis? Do we have anybody out there? Amen. We do have people on. We're going to bring our co-host in right now, and we're going to let him. Uh, good morning, there, Brother Daniel. You on the net? Morning, dude. Reverend Lewis, how you doing today? I'm doing great. We have our guest on the line this morning. He's giving us a lot of information regarding his uh, his uh, foundation here, the Burquest Foundation. Oh, yeah. And so he gave us a lot of information. Now, the phone lines are still uh, uh, is available for anyone that would like to just uh, listen to, uh, to uh, ask any question to our guest here. For anyone that's listening that do not have that number, that number is 310-982-4126. So you two can call in and voice your opinion and make some comments regarding what we heard today. And I will mention that uh, I I know that on the what you posted on Facebook, you see the contact information there. The foundation is there. If there's those that want to give, they can give 
through the foundation. There's a donation route there. There's also a link there for GoFundMe, and that is for the medical supplies for the prescription drugs for the pharmaceutical area that we have. The dispensary needs those things, and the opportunity is there as a vehicle for you to participate uh, by uh, those links that uh, were posted on such as Facebook. Right. Thank you very much. And it, it, we do have that link to our site, though, so please take advantage of that. And just go and look at the uh, at the uh, website. The beautiful layout here. It got some uh, things that are just, uh, just hard, hard wrenching. Yes, go, go ahead, that brother Daniel. I guess uh, I'd like, 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 like to ask some questions. I'd like to ask some Now, uh, I've been listening to you talk uh, uh, and about the things that you've been doing and the, and the contributions and that you've been doing for people. But um, basically, uh, I'd like to understand uh, what are some of the procedures you have to do before you go inside a country. Now, I know you just don't go and just jump on an airplane and jump over there and go over there. What are some of the the struggles and some of the uh, uh, opposition that you that it takes in order for you to enter these, these countries that you go going into. Well, the opportunity that I had that brought me to Kenya, and the first time, which is now twenty about twenty two years ago, I went there as part of the Minnesota State College and University system, and there was a vehicle that brought me there a little easier than most. The head of the international department for the Minnesota State College and Universities uh, included me in this effort to see what we could do in working with a, a technical school over there about training. And then after that, that's when I met Martha the first time. And then the next year, she, the director, was Jeanette Dane. She set up that I would go back and bring a team and meet and follow up with that school and do that work. And so what happened in that case was I had a very excellent vehicle that got me there nicely. Then the others where I have spent a lot in Eastern Bloc countries and in Guatemala, uh, I went there uh, through USDA in Washington. I, it was a volunteer. It was a volunteer effort. I went and gave my time uh, to help the people, but I also had them uh, as part of that. But I did have interesting times when I went as the Berkowitz Foundation uh, representative where I was going on my own, paying my own way. We never drew money from the foundation to cover travel. I always covered my travel. And I had interesting experiences, but I had very good contacts on the other end that helped make a difference uh, in, in getting us there. Hey, Brother Daniel, thank you for that, that question. And I think uh, uh, I will guess and our listening audience, uh, Brother, our listening audience need to hear that right there because we we know that there may be some 
challenges that's involved, but we know that if we're doing the, going through the proper technique and having an organization to support what we're doing, that it'll make that transition a lot easier. So I want to thank yes. you, Dennis, for sharing that with us. Now, Dennis, as we was talking about you, uh, the, uh, uh, give us some insight on the Rotary Club, that you, the Rotary part that you're a part of, the BirdQuest, that you're partnering with the Rotary Foundation. Tell us uh, about that. I want to tell you that Rotary is a very fine organization. If there is an organization that one should consider being a part of, it is Rotary International. And Rotary has a foundation. And through the foundation, there is monies that are available because of, of Rotarians that have given over the years all over the world and we are like, it is like brothers and sisters around the world. The, the format is the same. And so when I work in Kenya, it is very unique in that I have to have a club in Kenya that I'm working with with the project. And I can go a step farther to tell you that there was a young man at the time. His name was Paul Silas. He was from Kenya. He's a Rotarian, but I'm going to give you the beginning of the story. And he came to the Cochrane program to Minnesota, and it was at the time that the kids were now alone. And I told him about these kids, and he said, I'll find them. I'll find them. And he became their father, uh, helping them, getting the finances to them. We sent it, but he took care of it. And that gentleman later wanted a master's program and and he needed help from America and in contacts and I found those contacts and then he said I watch what you're doing with Rotary and how you're doing service in communities in Rotary and what you're doing in other countries with Rotary and I want to be a part and he now is the glue on in Kenya for me he calls me dad. He has a son whose middle name has been given our family name. And and uh, he has worked with the finding the Rotary Clubs that work with us, go to the village, do the assessment, because it's very particular. They want to know that things are in order. And there's a water committee, and all of that's put together through Rotary uh, people that are up there and from this side, and having a key person like this young man, Paul. So Rotary does great things, both in, 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 in our own domestic world and globally. And uh, it's matching funds. So when I have matching funds and I can put 3000 in from donors or from clubs, and I get another 3000 from the foundation. Uh, from Rotary Foundation, and now it's 6,000, and this is how it works. And we are able to do things that make a great partnership between the Berkowitz Foundation and the Rotary Foundation as we team together. Rotary will not build buildings, but they will equip them and put in instrumentation and all of those things. So we have a, a unique uh, partnership as we do this work together 
in these countries. You know, I'm so glad you shared that with us because a lot of times we get overwhelmed by the situation, the resources, the financial responsibilities, or whatever it may be. But we have to realize that we're not in this alone, that there's other organizations and programs that's willing to help us and assist us in our at our request to make a difference in the world. And as you were sharing that about the Rotary, and that's just one of many organizations that does things like this. And what you were sharing to give us a comfort and an assurance that we don't have to do this alone if we make the right contacts and move in the right spirit and partner yes. with people. And I see that you said that, hey, we don't do any of this alone. Rotary, don't, they don't go out and do stuff. They but they support what other people do in another program, provided they see that there's that they're the, uh, a, a great desire to do those things and a need. And, and I like the there's, way you, uh, yeah. you phrased that. Because there's, some people, you know, various, uh, even here in the States, I do uh, I do ministry on a different level where we, we feed and clothe and go down to the jails and the prison and things of that nature. And I know that I'm not in this alone, and I know that there's a great need, and, and mm-hmm. I try to partner with people and allow other people to come alongside of me that have the same interest in the mindset that I do. And God tends mm-hmm. to bring people together like that. And we're doing... Yes. The ministry and the program of this service, if we think we got to do it all our, all our own, on our own. And I like the way you That's keep saying right. that I'm not doing this by myself. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I truly, uh, as I share, and now I'm doing, I am providing through Zoom. I am uh, actually going to be sharing with a club in Texas, as I now am in Arizona, and sharing the story of Rotary's uh, work and the foundation's work in Kenya. And I can do this from my office to to uh, clubs in other parts of the, of the country. And uh, it, it, is, it is such a neat thing, uh, the vehicle that we have here. But again, I am just a messenger, and it's with, without Rotary and without the support I have of people, uh, we would not be doing what we are, but they have seen the track record of it happening, and it's for real. And we get the information back to our donors very fast of what's happening. So I'm reaching out to doctors, and I'm sharing with doctors and our own doctors uh, when I have needs and, and if they can help us in any way. And it's one thing that I have to do is not be embarrassed to ask because it's not for me it is for the people thank you for sharing that because some people you know saying embarrasses your pride say I'm not going to ask and I'm not going to seek the advice or the counsel of the men that's doing this or women that's doing this but it just has humbling yourself and so I'm glad you shared that because if someone that's listening to this program today or going to listen to it in the future, all our shows are archived, so you can go back and, and listen to it and, and kind of encourage yourself and your volunteers, you know, that you know that, that we are being called to a greater task, but we're not, we are not being called to do it alone. And this, I'm glad you shared that. You know, I, hadn't, you. I just had met you, but our spirits had been kindled and brought together for a particular task and a purpose in life. 
as to help change life in our different uh, circles, our different influence. So my head goes off to you. You're encouraging me. <laughs> well, I tell you, uh, I, I'm always surfing the Internet for foundations and for work and for help. And it was because of the Terry Foundation and Terry, who I found that was working with medical in Kenya. And I, I reached out to her and it was her, this is networking. Networking is the name of the work, the game. And uh, she said, you, you must be in touch with, with this podcast and with Joel. And, uh, uh, you see, I wouldn't have known about you and be able to share this story with this broader market or broader area without Terry and the networking that comes. And so we continue to network for uh, the people uh, so that we can accomplish the goal. And uh, we don't know where it takes us. We, we, we build a school or we, we do those things and we think maybe we're done and then comes the the clinic, and then comes to, it just goes on. So uh, it's it's an enjoyable work. Yes, sir. Now, now, uh, let's uh, t- let's shift gears here for a minute. Uh, you're you semi-retired. You done traveled the world over. You have your own personal interests, interests, and but yet you're still reaching out. What makes you do what you do? Why do you keep doing what you do in spite of everything else that's going on? We're in the midst of a pandemic. We're in the midst of our own <laughs> personal struggles, but yet you still find it. You know, tell me, what yes, makes you do what you do? Well, Excuse me, wait a minute. Uh, I heard somebody on the line there. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, repeat that for me. Okay, we have uh, the phone line is open. Uh, is on, so yeah. please go ahead, and if you have any Lots of comments. Please Hello. go ahead and share that with us. Hello, this is Joan. Yes, I'm here. Go right ahead. Who am I speaking with first? This is Joan Excuse me? from Minnesota. All right. Well, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, go ahead and, and, verse, and, and voice your uh, opinion and make a comment on what okay. we discuss. All right. Well, I am a fellow Rotarian with uh, Dennis Burquist. And I'm happy to say that I enjoy working with Dennis on his uh, commitment and dedication. He is an inspiration to all of us who um, share what he has been able to accomplish with the people in Kenya. It's just amazing. In the city of Wangeti, it's just amazing. I'm happy to have worked I continue to work with him as we prepare grants for funding, and I learned so much from Dennis um, about what's happening across the other side of the world. So thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And, um, you know, you're, thanks so much, Joan, and she's, she's a real trooper, and, and that's part of that rotary, the brothers and sisters in rotary. But your question was, why do you do this? I I don't know. I come from a rural background. I did not have a lot when I was growing up, and I saw the need. And 
and my heart is wired for helping those less fortunate. And uh, it's really easy to just want to step out and make a difference. And now, with Rotary, I couldn't join Rotary till I finished teaching at the college because of the time schedule. So when some would retire from Rotary, I became active. And uh, I don't see myself leaving that. I can work from home. My wife has uh, health issues that require me being close by. And so I can do this work on the phone, on the computer. And so why do I do it? When I see the effects of what's happening in the world because of it, and I wait, and I told them I want to see a picture of that first mom and child that has been delivered in that prenatal clinic. And these are just special things. And one question that was brought to me by my Rotary Club was, uh, what's in your, on your uh, bucket list? And do you know what's on my bucket list for me? I want to see the people in that village of Mawangeti drinking water from the well. And that is my bucket list. And it isn't about a fancy trip or going somewhere. Uh, our days are done doing that. But to do what I'm doing now is the richest blessing for me that I can have. And I'm so thankful that the good Lord has given me that opportunity. Oh, that is great. Now, uh, is there anyone on the phone line who would like to just comment off of what uh, Dennis has just shared with us? Why do you do what you do? in the Rotary Club and supporting what Dennis and the foundation is doing. Do we have anyone? Okay. I have a comment. Okay, go right ahead. Now, who am I speaking with? Daniel. Daniel. Thank you, Daniel, for coming on there. God bless you. Go right ahead because this has been a great conversation, and uh, I love what I've been hearing. So go right ahead. Well, I work with Dennis, and I'm part of his Rotary Club. And one of the thing, one of the nicknames I have for him is the Tasmanian Grant Devil, because he <laughs> will not quit twisting until he twists your arms off and convince you to willingly help him. It's so amazing to see him, and he's such a great example. I love working with him, and he is a real blessing to this world. And such a great example. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you for you, the Dan. comments there. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to remember that, that nickname for him. I'm going to have to write that down because I see, I heard in his voice the passion and the commitment that he has towards what he's doing. And I'm glad to see other people are, are, are walking beside him and, and just uh, gleaming off of what he's, uh, what he's able to share with them. And it goes both ways because I'm pretty sure Dennis is drawing strips out for y'all. Sometimes he may feel down and out. He hear one of you, one of you call him up and just lift him up, you know. And he goes off because he works both ways. Because our program is kind of being free on the inside, but because of the things that we're involved in in the society that which we live in today, it's sometimes it's hard to to uh, live out that freedom that comes from our Heavenly Father, that freedom to go beyond your own comfort zone to help someone else, that freedom to help someone that you may only meet that one time. 
but you know it makes a difference in their life. That freedom to uh, uh, tell a young man or a young woman that they can be successful, they can learn, and they can be educated, and they can be uh, useful in their village or their town or their community or wherever uh, they find themselves in this in this world. And I want to thank each and every one of you for being on the line. I want to thank Dennis for living out that, that, that life, that life that's pleasing to our Heavenly Father. And life to change to make a difference. I love that because on this side of the uh, of the world, here in Dallas, Texas, here we attempt to live out the our uh, our calling in the ministry is to help change the life. Because let's face it, none of us, none of us, none of us have ever got uh, is got here by on our own. Dennis and our callers and our co-hosts and all of us, we had to have some help along the way. And as Jesus had told Peter, said, hey, you're doing one thing, but I'm calling you to do something else. Go out. And now you become fishermen of men. And sometimes we don't know how to, how to do that, but God brings people in our spirit to help us out. Dennis, thank you for sharing your gifted and your talent and your desire with me. And I'm definitely drawing strength off of what you shared with us this morning. Well, I'm just so thankful that you have given me the opportunity to share this story of the people and how people have have affected lives in Kenya and uh, that I can just be a part of it. And thank you, thank you for this opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. We're looking forward to having you be back on here again. And, uh, you know, I consider you've been a friend of the, of the show, so thank you for being my friend and a friend of what we're doing. And before well, I let again. you go, please give us some information. The website, I have it posted, but guess what? You can tell it better than they can read it. Someone out there maybe wants to hear how to get in touch with what you're doing and the website and, and the contributions of the donation that like to help to help support this uh, clinic in Kenya, this prenatal clinic. Yes, well, again, the the uh, and I don't know if if some have not seen the website that that is out there, but the BerquistFoundation.org and Bergquist is B E R G Q U I S T BergquistFoundation.org and that is that is they can be of help there. And uh, uh, there's also for those that have the that got the the posting, there is for GoFundMe, and that's open to anyone that can help with uh, with the uh, the medical needs. And in the future, we have also a a foundation within Rotary, uh, within our club, that people can give. But we don't have that vehicle up as easy and so at this time we'll share it later as we do have it but different ways you can participate and I will tell you it will all go to the need of the people in the village of Mawangeti in Kenya well thank you thank you very much there and uh, you've been a great guest it's been a great segment here and uh, thank you for sharing your time with us on our blog talk uh, program help change a life, and I see that our souls are near together because your slogan said makes a difference globally. So we're in, we're in this together. So I'm looking forward to speaking with you again, and we encourage each other. What thus says the Lord. So thank you very much. 
Thank God you. God bless you. you. Enjoy Thank the balance you. of your day. Okay. Bye now. Bye to all. Bye. Take care. Yeah. Bye. God now. bless you. Oh. Right. What a great interview that we had there with Dennis Burquist. That we talking about his his uh his foundation, the Burquist Foundation, is a global uh, and associates uh, a global uh, network there. Amen. And and trademark is to make a difference globally. So we want to thank you. We want to thank our co-hosts for being on the line this morning here. And the phone lines were lit up. Thank you, guests. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of what we're what we're doing and we pray that things go well. We pray that you've been encouraged by what you heard today. And we're looking forward to continue this line of conversation next week with more great guests and more great topics here. Remember now you're listening to Free on the Inside, a ministry to inform you, to encourage you and to challenge you to be all you could be globally, locally or whatever God calls you to be in the name of Jesus.